call me Dr. Jones, known as the Night Tripper. Got my satchel of gris-gris in my hand. Then we tripping up and back down the bayou. I'm the last of the best. They call me the gris-gris man. Hello, everybody. Greetings and salutations, you motherfuckers. Yeah, we do. What the fuck? That music dropped hard, didn't it? Hey, don't pay attention to me. I'm just over here fucking with the buttons. Hello. Welcome to the show, Po' Boys Podcast. I'm that motherfucker Jody B, and I'll be your host for the evening. Special guest tonight, comedian Kevin Israel. Uh, over from New Jersey. I seem to just keep bumping into these fucking East Coast comics, and I'm cool with it, man. They, they all seem to fit my wheelhouse, and they're easy to talk to. And I would like to say thank you, Kevin, for uh, coming by and having a chat. We really get into some good stuff. You know, he's been a comic for many years, and, you know, he has a, an outlook and um, an opinion on, on different things that are going on, and it, it gets... It gets really uh, philosophical, I think, in a few times. So you all enjoy his story, and uh, I think it's going to be good. I'd also like to say, uh, just heads up, uh, did an episode of Married as Fuck uh, Friday night. I think they might post it this week. I'm not sure, so don't quote me. If it doesn't go up, don't fucking tell me that I was wrong. I don't care. I'm just letting you know. Um, We did a show over there where we broke down the latest installment of the Eminem MGK saga and it was glorious so I guess that's it man I really I don't have a lot to say right off the bat Uh, I want to get into it and let you guys kind of get to know Kevin so without further ado Kevin Israel motherfucker in your breakfast try a little bit of
Hello and welcome. As you all know, I like to talk to strangers. It seems to be my pastime lately. And this morning, uh, I was fortunate to have somebody respond to the old bat signal. And uh, I think it's going to be really good. Mr. Kevin Israel. Hello, sir. How are we doing? I'm doing fucking peachy. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. I, I got a little worried, I'll be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> stayed out last night. Had a couple. You know what I'm saying? I, got, I, had, I had to drive home. So I got in early and I uh, got my drinks and had to let it all settle. But uh, as I'm getting older, you know, they say the hangovers hurt more <laughs> when you when you get oh, yeah. older. And, you know, it's not so much hangover, but fuck, man. I have like three beers and then I just start pissing. And then yeah. <laughs> uh, the next day, I just I feel like a fucking bladder. sponge. Jesus Christ. I'm just dehydrated and sad as fuck. So, ugh. <laughs> I hope I hope well, it gets I'm doing all right, so at least half of us is good. I think it'll, at least one of us showed up. It's not going to be a complete shit show, you know. That's good. <laughs> well, Kev, um, I appreciate you coming by today, man. And uh, you know, first and foremost, I'm pretty sure um, I came across you a while ago. Uh, I did a show with Robin Slim. Is that? Yeah. Have you uh, yep. fucked with them at all? Is that where I've seen you before? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been on their show a couple of times. Okay, so yeah. Uh, over from the east coast of the world, up around that New Jersey, New Jersey, the, yes, sir, the Jersey Devil, uh, the Dirty Jersey. Kevin, you're a stand-up comic, and you know you've got kind of an interesting history as far as how that goes. So, if you don't mind, just for the people out there, can you can you kind of give a little bit of your backstory just to kind of let people know about Kevin? <laughs> sure, I've been doing stand-up for about 16 years, going on 17. Um, around halfway through that. I, for some inexplicable reason, decided to go to law school. Um, I did law school. Uh, I was doing comedy while I was in law school. Then I graduated. I got a job at a law firm uh, in New York. Um, and I worked for about two years. Uh, uh, two years, and I hated my life. I, I, was, I, was, I mean, I was lucky to get the job. It was a great job at a great firm, but I just wasn't happy. I wasn't I wasn't, I wasn't able to perform as much as I, as, I, as I had been, and I finally said, you know what, screw it, and I quit, and I've uh, been doing comedy ever since. You know, it's, okay, so I have, I've been doing this about a year and a half, okay? I've met probably 40 comics at this point. If you just break it down, I've had some repeat people, but all together, about 40 from across the country, all different uh, uh, years you know, involved with it. I've had anywhere from, from open micers to 40 year comics. Right. Sure. So out of all those people, I have met three people who either were practicing law and then became stand up comics or, uh, are doing stand up comedy while practicing law. <laughs> and it yeah, just, it's a weird thing, man. Like you would think out of all the jobs, <laughs> I would have met more, maybe, Trash guys. I don't know. I'm not saying that it's a shit line of work being a comic, but I'm saying like lawyers not really one you hear a lot, man. <laughs> but I've you know, heard it three it, uh, times. <laughs> it's, um, it's a, I think it's a similar mindset. It's a, a, a creative way of thinking. Uh, a lot there are there are a number of former lawyers on uh, SNL's writing staff. Um, that I was actually in a group for a while called Comedians at Law. And it was six or seven of us who were former lawyers and comedians, and we were to- we toured the country. Um, and so you, there's there's a lot there's there's more than you would think. It's a, it's a strange thing, but 
something about the way a lawyer's mind is wired and a comedian's mind is wired that, uh, that that's similar. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, but I, there, there's, there's a bunch of us out there. Let me ask you this, and it's just I'm asking questions. I know that uh, you're also a, a Jewish person. Um, I, I am. Do you think that has anything to do with it? Do you think, have you met a lot of comedians that also had that drive from their mamas and their families to, to become doctors and lawyers, and then they just go, fuck it, and they start doing you know, comedy? You know, there's, I mean, there's, you know, there's always an old joke that, you know, there's a lot of Jews in comedy, and um, that that's, that's, you know, I, I don't I'm not exactly sure what that is if it comes from the family if it comes from you know <laughs> if, if it has if that has much to do do with it um, I'm trying to think if any of the former lawyer comedians that I know are Jewish the two, um, the two I've I, got aren't so you're the only one <laughs> I, I think, yeah I think I, I think I might have found my niche you might have just pointed it out for me that I'm the, <laughs> I found the, the, the one thing that I do Um but yeah, you know, I mean, a lot of my comic comedy is rooted in my family, which is uh, was obviously a, is obviously a Jewish family. But um, yeah, it, it was it's it was an it's an interesting path I took, and I think if you, most most comics have a have some strange story about how they ended up doing it. You know, I, not too many comics were sitting in high school sophomore year and said, you know what, I want to be a comedian, and then just followed some path that usually came upon them in some strange way. Um, so. Uh, so yeah. with with your story, is that kind of the case? Did you just fall into comedy, or have you always enjoyed it and just hit a spot where you wanted to sh- to try it? I I don't think I, I I definitely never planned on doing it. Uh, I was I always loved stand up comedy. I watched it a ton when I was in college many 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 years ago. Uh, whenever I'd come home f- drunk from the bars, I would always put on Comedy Central. And back then, as they they only played stand up comedy, it was oh, pretty yeah. much the only thing that on. So I would just sit and watch. I would watch stand up comedy until I passed out. Um, And I was I was addicted to it. Actually, I dated a girl for a while who got mad once. She said, you know, are are we just always going to watch stand up comedy before we go to sleep? And I was like, well, you're not. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, you're not anymore. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So uh, so I always loved stand up comedy. I remember as a kid, I was very, very young. I must have been seven or eight watching. Watching Bill Cosby, yeah, uh, um, bang my mom, and <laughs> yeah. no, I was uh, I don't know. that be a great story. Um, no, I, I, he he was performing on um, a show in the eighties called I think it was called like Saturday Night Gold or something. It was a variety show on Saturday nights, and he was doing a part of his act that would become his very famous Bill Cosby himself routine, right, and. and as a kid, I remember watching it and being like, "Wow, I don't like that." He's just talking and making people like I. I didn't. I didn't get all the jokes, but I got that like he was just talking, and that was entertaining. No, and, I'm with that man. I, I, I think for the longest time, I thought that comedians were just black guys, and I hate to be that way. <laughs> but when I was a kid, okay, uh, one of the first and only stand-up comedy performances I saw was uh, Richard Pryor live on Sunset okay. Strip. And then I saw Eddie Murphy, Martin Lawrence, a few other ones after that, and it was just like, oh, well, yeah, this is <laughs> this is just black dudes telling jokes, and people love it. And it's it. <laughs> I, I was hooked when I first saw it, but I not I don't want to say it was conservative. It's just we didn't have a lot of money. So back before YouTube, uh, if you wanted to listen to some some shit or watch it, you had to either have the video or the cassette tape or the CD or whatever it is. And I didn't get that till I got a little older. Yeah, you know, yeah. The, the internet came around and you could start picking up things like uh, the Jerky Boys, and just yeah. things like that where you learn, oh, okay, this is a new thing. And then 
I don't know, man, by the time I was 17 or so, it just, it took off. I found, uh, Rodney Carrington. I don't know if you know who that is. He's a, no, uh, I don't know that name. I, a lot of people will credit the blue collar comedy tour for, Oh the, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yep. every, everybody knows that one. Okay. And the blue collar comedy tour, I think Ron White is probably one of the biggest names that, that stood from that. Like he was the breakout star of that whole thing. But sure. for years, it was Jeff Jeff Foxworthy, it was Bill Ingvall, it was people that were relatively clean comedians, but they did like the Southern guy thing, y'all. You know, that's how it was. And and Ronnie Carrington, I believe he's from Texas. He he got big in Oklahoma, and then now he tours. He sells out arenas and shit. Like he's a big big deal. Um, but he he would play guitar and, and sing, but he also would tell jokes. And he was my first introduction to dirty white dude comedy you know and it was like oh shit <laughs> we can do this too we can call people motherfucker and say suck my dick and stuff like that okay <laughs> and i was hooked from that man i love it i love stand-up comedy and you had an encounter you never encountered andrew dice clay no <laughs> it, it's must be a regional thing yeah and i really think so it's very strange man some of these people just don't cross the lines back in the day now, i'm sure if i would have had an uncle or somebody that was into it, I would have found it, but it just didn't really resonate down here. Yeah, so, see, when I was 12 or 13, Andrew Dice Clay came out with his, the album that made him, and we would just sit in a circle around a cassette player and listen to it. What's and, in the bowl, and, bitch? Oh! Yeah, and you know what? I think the first time I heard it, I didn't even laugh because I was so shocked that somebody could be saying that. I don't get it. And, that, like, you, could, you would pay money to listen to that. And it was, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, that was definitely, that was a big moment for me too. When I did, when I like just the ability to say whatever you want. Yeah. Um, but all of those, all of those time, all of those moments of experience comedy as a kid, I never thought like, Oh, I, I, this is something I could do or I would want to do this. And then in college I was in a fraternity and we had to do, there was, it was like a Greek week. And each, each day was a different event, and then it culminated into Greek Olympics. And one of the events was uh, a talent show. And you had, to, you had to, every fraternity had to take part in every event or you lost points. And so nobody in my fraternity wanted to do anything. And I had played the drums um, when I was in high school, and I played the, actually the drums since I was like six. So I, I hadn't played in a while at that point. But I said, you know, I'll, I'll do a drum solo. I'll go on stage, you know, we'll find a drum Someone will have a drum kit or something, and I'll just do a drum solo. It won't be great, but at least we'll get the points for doing it. Right. And the guys in my fraternity were like, great, good enough. And then about two weeks before, and of course, like, I didn't prepare. Like, I, you, you'd think at that point I had a few weeks. I would oh, just find yeah. a drum set, and I would start practicing. But that's, you know, just not how the way things were when I was 20. Um, and a couple weeks before the, the event, I was like, wow, you know what? I haven't played the drums in about three years. I still haven't even found a drum set. Uh, and I was sitting watching Comedy Central in my dorm room, and I said, "You know what? I could, I could do that. I bet I could. I could yeah. at least make some people laugh. Like I, you know, people think I'm funny. I could, you know, you know. And every every comic thinks that when they start off, like, ah, this is, you know, this I could do this. How so could it be? I called up the girl running it, and I said, you know, can I switch my event? And she said, yeah. What are you going to do? And she said, I, I said I want to do stand up comedy. And she goes, oh my god, nobody's ever done that. That'll be awesome. And so, I was like, great. So I have so, to ask, uh, did you uh, did you eat an entire bag of dick on that first call? Oh, my God. I ate everybody's dick. I probably <laughs> ate your dick. I ate literally just – I was – it was 
And you, when you do, when you start doing stand-up comedy, unless you take a class, which I don't hold a lot of value in comedy classes, but you have no idea the, the rules of comedy or how to write a joke or, uh, you know, how to read an audience. Like you just don't know anything. And especially in that situation, I was going into a contest where my entire audience was competing against me. So they didn't even want me to do well. And so sure it was the, it was the most inhospitable crowded. environment possible. <laughs> and I, I got drunk beforehand and I went on stage and I wish and, and uh, part of me wishes there was a, a tape of it. And part of me is grateful that there's not. But it was terrible. And I remember I did I, however long I had to do seven or eight minutes. And I got Jesus off stage. Christ. One of my buddies looks and goes, well, <laughs> you got bigger balls than I do. And then we, we walked out of the building. We didn't even stay for the rest of the, everyone else's performance. And we went and we got drunk. Just, and I was like, well, I did it. I'm never doing that again. Uh, <laughs> that was a good experience, but I'm never doing it again. And then a couple of years later, after I graduated, I told I was telling a girl that I worked with that story. And she's like, oh, my God, I'd love to see you do that. You should do an open mic night. And I said, no, I'm not. I, I got the gist of it. I'm, it's not for me. And she pestered me for about six months. And finally I said, fine, if you can find an open mic somewhere, go do it. And this was uh, about 2001. Yeah. And she found there was, we had a club, we had a club in Jersey called Rascals Comedy Club. It was a really famous club. It sounds old. I've heard of it plenty of times. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so I, the, she signed me up for their like amateur night or whatever it was. And I went and I did it. And I probably the dicks that I didn't eat the first time I ate the rest of them that night. Delicious. And and, uh, and yeah, and so but I got off stage and I was I was like I need to do this again. Like I got a couple laughs and it's you know what it's it's <laughs> if you if you play golf or if you've ever played golf you'll know you never remember all the bad strokes. Mm-hmm. You remember the ones the one or two that go right, and those are the ones you live off of and you go I got to try this again. And it's the same thing with comedy. Like you don't remember how bad you bombed on most of your set. You remember the two jokes that hit and you go, I got it. That's that. That's it. I'm funny. I can, I can do this. What I've experienced in the couple times that I've tried open mic stuff. Um, it's a feat, dude, like you, you're in a business of, of getting charged with like emotion from a crowd. You know what I'm saying? Like a yeah. lot of people don't know what that feels like. And who am I to fucking talk? I've only had it a couple times, you know, but in a room of 14 people, if you can make four of them fucking laugh, I feel that's a pretty good odd considering other people. I think it's harder to make 14 people laugh than it is to make a room full of motherfuckers laugh. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, and then when I got started, you know, I mean, you don't get the greatest gigs and you know, the bookers would say, listen, if you can't make 10 people laugh, you're not going to be able to make a thousand people laugh. Absolutely. And, and you learn and you learn and you know, it totally is a relationship uh, during a comedy show. You know, a lot of comics will say, "Well, you can't blame the audience," and you can't. If you're not funny, if you didn't do well, it's not the audience's fault. But the audience has to be as into it as you are. Right. And and you and if they're not, you need to get them into it. And that's really your job. Your job is to turn the audience on, to get them to pay attention, and to get them to buy into what you're saying. And if if you can't do that, then you didn't do your job. Um, but it's 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 such a blast and it's such a rush. Um, it's just, it's, I, you know, it's every comic will tell you that they're just addicted to it. You know, they can't, I couldn't imagine not doing it. Like I, I, I mean, I could, I could easily go back to just being a, a lawyer or whatever, but it, it would never feel the same. It's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's always a rush. The business end of comedy sucks. Yeah. Uh, the, but the, <laughs> the 40, or 40 minutes that you're on stage is, is fantastic. Well, in reality, that's what you're chasing. You're chasing that dragon. And like I said, it, 
when you get that adrenaline dump the first time, it's it's no different than jumping out of a plane or anything else that you really don't want to fucking do. And then you you're nervous, your knees shake, and then once you're there, you're in you're in the water, you're in the plane, whatever the fuck it is, and then everything clicks, and yep. then you don't feel your body anymore. Yep. And you yep. just you just flow, and it's I understand why somebody would chase that. That is a damn good feeling, and. I understand how people can get obsessed with it too because oh, yeah. it, it's such a good feeling your endorphins your fucking all that shit starts rushing and you feel so fucking good for five minutes yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's, it's it's great and it, you know and that's and when then, you do well yeah. that's not when you fucking completely eat shit then you might get 10 seconds <laughs> the first right. clap when you walk on stage is the only fucking love you got for tonight right and, but you know what you learn you come to learn like the the nights you bomb or the night stuff doesn't hit you say all right you know, was it the joke? Was it that moment? Was it me? Was it the way I delivered it? And you start to find, and that's the that's really the creative creative end of it because the the writing can be just as fun as the performing. And when it all comes together, when you write a joke and it hits off the bat, I mean, that's it's like a home run. Like you, you know, everything just just came together, and it's it's such a good feeling because you're creating your own you're creating your own story. You're creating your own entertainment and when people buy into it it's just it's it's great it's just it's a great thing and it's and it's equally shitty when you write something you're like ah this is gonna be this is it this is gonna be a great this is gonna be a great joke they're gonna love it and then it just dies and and you you have no idea what went wrong and but that's part of the process it's all you know it's it's a it's it's a tough business it's not it's not easy it's not for everybody um and after a while you do start to take it for granted because you just you know you start to just think, ah, oh, this is, you know, this is everybody, you know, has gone through this. Everybody gets this. And, and most people don't. Right. No, it's it's very interesting. And I find comedians to be very interesting. That's why I talk to them. Um, you have your job in a lot of cases is to uh, make light or to make funny situations out of experiences or things you see or even things you think. But it's all derivative from you experiencing life. And then you, you turn it and let me see kind of your perspective. Um, have you do you remember number one like the worst bomb do you have that anywhere locked away like to where it's like you remember this one and it may be it made you a little more conscious about what not to do on stage like have you ever had one of those ones where you just completely ate your dick off uh, have you been booed off stage Kevin <laughs> Anything you know like what? That? no you know what I've, I've been lucky I've never been booed off stage I mean I've had jokes not hit I've never I, I don't think I've ever had a whole set completely bomb. I've you know, I've definitely been lucky in that facet. Right. But so I did have there out. was a show I did uh, it was a fundraiser and there it was a it was a racially mixed audience and the table up front was one of the tables up front was reserved and it was empty when the show started. And about halfway through my set uh, the, the, the people showed up and it was a, it was like, a, it was a black family. And so I made the joke about black people being late or whatever. And they laughed and everybody <laughs> laughed. It was fine. And then I was, I was talking for a while and then I, I do a bit about, uh, rescuing dogs. And one of the women at that table raised her hand and she said, Oh, we have pit bulls. And I said, ah, oh, you know, of course yeah, you do. I know. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and they said that the names of the pit bulls were like, Mercedes and Bentley or something. And I was like, were you guys planted in the audience for me or, like, <laughs> or something? And, and everybody's like, like everybody's just laughing about what they were saying. It wasn't even what I was saying. And I started laughing and I, and I said, Oh man, I really love you people. 
And uh, somebody else in the audience, another black guy, went, what, what do you mean, you people? people? <laughs> and everybody shut up. And I completely lost them. And I was like, and I didn't even know what to say. And, oh, that's beautiful, man. <laughs> but then everybody started laughing at my awkwardness. Right. Uh, and that was, and so I learned the important lesson of never say you people on stage. <laughs> Look at uh, him sweat. The white boy's fucking scared. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Do you remember, uh, what was that? I guess it was Guess Who with Ashton Kutcher. And uh, I think Bernie Mac was the dad and Ashton Kutcher was dating Bernie Mac. Yes. Yep. And at one point he started popping off him jokes. No, let me hear your jokes. <laughs> yep. And a yeah. couple of them landed, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> then he hits that last one. He's like, what are three things a black dude can't get? A fat lip, a black eye, and a job. And everybody says, what the <laughs> fuck did you just say, bro? <laughs> yep, yep, yeah. He's going to get you an escort yep. right outside. It's not going to be good. <laughs> yes, yeah, so that, that's always, that that moment has always See, stuck out so in my I head. I wonder about people like that. Like, And I, I've watched some of your stuff, so I, I understand. Like, you, you do pretty good. You're not like a, a squeaky clean comic, right? Like, you, you get a little edgy, huh? A little a little bit. I, you right. know, I think most of my friends who are actually edgy comics or darker comics are, uh, push the line more, consider me a clean comic. But... No, I, you know, if, if I have my druthers in a, in a set, I, you know, I'll, you know, I, I curse and I have some material it's about sex material and about, you know, stuff like that. So I, you know, I, I, I want to be able to say it all, but I can work clean Which where a lot better, of other comics yeah. just won't because it's not their brand. They say, I don't want to cramp my style, but it's like, you can have your style, but you can get paid too, man. It doesn't take yeah, a rocket well, and scientist that's, and, that's, and that was a big part of me developing my act. Because when I started, and almost when every comic starts off, you talk about jerking off, and you talk about, you know, sex, and, you Shit know. your pants. Yeah, <laughs> now, yeah, right. Everybody talks about the same stuff, because it's the easy, funny stuff that's just, that's the go-to. That, you know, right. audiences will always kind of laugh at and get and whatever. But then... You can't rely on that stuff, and you have to start to create your own set, your own, you know, your stuff that's honest to you. And a lot of the, a lot of bookers said, "Look, you know, the, the cleaner you can write, the more you're going to work." It makes sense, <laughs> and it was like that for a long time. If I'm, from what I hear, that uh, for the longest time, people would say, "Like, you've got to have that that late night set. You've got to be able to be yep. uh, commercial. I've got to be able yep. to sell you to people, motherfucker, and you can't be." just completely raunchy and be able to go a lot of places. Yeah. And I mean, I've done, you know, I do, I do a lot of fundraisers. I do a lot of, uh, work for different like charities and we do work for, for organizations like that. They want clean acts. No. And that, that makes complete sense. It, you have advertisers and stuff and they just got to watch out. It's, you make me think of like people kind of like Bob Saget, people that, that just, get filthy and you know that they've always done it that way so that has like now it's you know it's not for everybody some people might not appreciate it i think it's pretty funny just to to, he's giving you a view inside his head you know what i'm saying so you you have to know that even mean anything that he's saying it's still going through the old processor that's still his spin on stuff and it's like it takes balls to be willing to stand on stage and say some of that crazy shit and now at least you can get people that do appreciate it. I can't imagine what that would have been like in 1997. You know, it, fuck, man. What, Gigi Allen fans? They're the only ones that are going to understand putting a pinky in Kimmy Gibbler's ass. You know, shit like that. Like, you're going deep. Yeah. Well, you know what? I mean, anything can be funny as long as it's funny. You know? Yeah. You, I mean, you can, you, you, anybody can talk about jerking off. 
and you know somebody will giggle or chuckle but if if you can make it personal or you can make it you know unique and you can put an interesting spin on it then you can do that joke but you know if you're just getting up there and just talking about jerking off just to talk about it or whatever then it's just well anybody can do that um but you know i saw somebody post recently what was on 9-11 actually somebody posted can we start doing 9-11 jokes yet and we've been doing 9-11 yeah. jokes buddy what's that <laughs> we've been doing 9-11 yeah. jokes <laughs> and but and the simple answer is yeah as long as they're funny you know like you can you can make a joke about anything as long as it's funny as long as you find a spin on it but you know if you just get up there and you know make some you know crazy comment about people dying in the buildings like no it's not gonna be funny but i've seen i've seen tons of funny comics do bits about 9-11 and it can be funny but you have to you have to make it funny and that's the art of comedy the art of comedy is taking a tragedy or taking a terrible event and turning it into something humorous where everybody can it's it's almost a release it's where you say okay we can let we can kind of let go of a little of that angst and look at it from a different angle do you think that with like the temperature right now that it's going to become harder to do that yeah comedy's oh. not always pretty and i think this week we had a very good example of how the tide has kind of turned man like is they're not just coming after you know the dices and the kinesons and shit like that like they got norm this week yeah no <laughs> you i mean <laughs> you know what i'm saying like norm mcdonald is is in trouble right now i watched his apology uh on the view yesterday and it just made me fucking sad like just to sit there and know that here's this guy who's been doing this a long time he's successful in every aspect of comedy he's been an actor you know what i'm saying like this is the guy who should be the authority on what's funny i'm just being honest if you want to call a spade a spade the motherfucker's been doing it long enough that he's an expert okay and now you're taking his fucking legs out from under him like i don't know dude it's getting real (laughs) it's a it's a tough time to be a comedian especially at that level you know nobody cares what i say but um when you're when you're at that level of celebrity every every word you say is analyzed and is looked at and you know people are just waiting for somebody to slip to them so they can jump on for whatever their agenda is and the the I, I guess the good side of it for a guy like Norm or you know those comics that have you know mass followings is that they have their their audience isn't going to leave them right they, they you know they have their their fans and Norm can still go to clubs and theaters and sell out and he's going to be okay you know because it's just something he said like, you know I mean you look at somebody like uh, like Louis C.K. who actually did something right and you can you can debate back and forth of the right and wrong of what he did and 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 the the consequence of it but the fact is people said ah he shouldn't be entertaining people anymore well here's the the deal with louis ck and i think this has finally come to light for me i think i know why everybody's so pissed off about it it's because he didn't get charged and you can listen you may have your opinions he just asked chicks to jerk off he just did this he did that whatever you want to call it you shouldn't jerk off in front of people right unless like you're in a situation where everybody's cool with you jerking off in front of people. I know that comics pull their dicks out. I've heard that. Guys do that shit, and I consider most of the, the male comics that I've heard of were children. We're 10 years younger than we are in our heads. That's just kind of the, the rule of thumb. That's what yeah. I've heard. Everybody says that. So I understand that shit's going to get weird once in a while, and I understand that there were probably some situations where Louie 
said, "Hey, is it cool if I just pull my cock out now?" And they were like, "What?" And he goes, "I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go ahead." And they're like, "What are you doing, man? Oh fuck, put your dick away!" For every ten of those, there might have been that one situation where it's like, "Hey, I'm gonna jerk off in front of you," and they're like, "No, I, that's not okay." And he's like, "No, no, no, no. It's look, it'd be just a minute. Just hold, you know, that's not, that's illegal." You know what I'm saying? Like if yeah. you if somebody wants to leave, I wasn't there. I don't know if he blocked the door, but what I'm saying is, if somebody wants to leave and you don't fucking let them, it's kidnapping. There's the power angle of it too. Right, where, so you it's know. fucked up on all angles. But what I'm saying, he didn't even get charged for anything. Right, he didn't get anything. And now right. it's not even been a year, and he's coming around. And I guess I agree with what I've heard from comics that say um, you should give the audience the choice. You say, yeah. hey, we're going to yep. have Louis C.K. If you'd like to spend your money, do or don't. But with him just dropping in on folks, I think it's going to be a little while, man. You can't, you, you know, it's you're not clear yet. People are just kind of rolling with you because you you obviously weren't raping people. But at the same time, you're not off the list yet, motherfucker. Like, right. I pay right. homage. And, you know, I mean, <laughs> I think people also feel, and I don't, I can't remember the history of everything associated with the situation, but I think people feel like he never really, and I don't want to say apologize because everybody apologizes, but he's atoned for what he did. Right. Like it never felt like he really got it. He was like, kind of a dick about it. He really, because he's always told these stories and he's had this angle, I think in his mind, and if you can go to his Twitter profile right now, Kev, look that shit up and it says, I used to, t- or people got mad when I told jokes and found out that they weren't all jokes. That's like what basically his quote tweet is on his profile right now. Oh, is it really? So he talked about jerking off in front of people for years. He talked about being a fucking deviant. But now he's kind of got this attitude of like, well, well, fuck, I told you. And it's right. like, well, no, you can't really. It's a little different, man. If you were a chronic alcoholic or something, yeah, well, Louis a drunk, but. Jerking off in front of people, it's not normal. You know, like right. everybody doesn't fucking do that. Dude, right. Uh, and, it's, and you know what? It's funny that you say that because I, 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 I still listen to comedy when I'm driving shows or I'm getting, you know, I just, I still, I mean, just, I'm, I'm still a fan. And Louie was one of my favorite comics because I love storyteller comics and I love his spin on things. But I was listening to one of his bits came on, whatever I was listening to, and it was about, the whole thing was about his dick yeah. and how we're a society of masturbators and like why do we have to like jerk off to everything and i got like it made, me, it made me feel a little dirty i was like oh he was he was really talking from like his own experience there <laughs> it's weird now right it's like why you can't really listen to cosby because that spanish fly bit kind of hits a yeah. little too too hard you're like oh man yeah. cosby was raping the shit out of people this isn't yep. funny anymore yeah, it, it it you know it definitely changed, and it sucks, you know, because I, I mean I I loved him as a com- as a as a comic, and he's incredibly talented, and you know he's you know he's then he was making some movies, and he added this TV show, and it's just it's just a sh- it's just a shame, but I guess you know I, I mean I think w- there was something wrong with his wiring when it comes to that. Oh, absolutely. I don't that's, think that's I don't think makes... he's a bad person. Yeah. I don't think you know I don't think he has this like nefarious intention to do whatever i think he just i think there's something wrong with him and he probably needs some kind of you know sexual therapy or i don't know i'm no expert but you know i i just i just don't think he got like anytime i think anytime somebody's just like hey thanks for coming here you mind if i jerk off like that's like 
<laughs> it's kind of weird, right? And yeah. It's, it's, I get it's it. super, super weird. It's not like he was even like, hey, we're going to bang now. Like, all right, you're an asshole. You think you can bang her. But but just being like asking, like, hey, you mind if I jerk off right now? <laughs> that's, 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 a, that's, a, that's, that's something wrong in your wiring. And I think he's got he's to work that out and he's got to show that he, he gets it a little bit um, before. But you know what? Like you said, and it's a fair point, the market decides. Yeah. And if he wants to go and rent out a theater and do a show and if all his fans are willing to pay money for the ticket, well, then, you know, he can do that. And you can't fault him because people are still willing to go see him be entertaining. I think I saw something the other day about the Weinstein guy that something fell through. or he's. It's really crazy how many people have come out. And I, I understand that it's been a bit of a, a witch hunt with people and some of these things have gotten a little out of hand. And look, you, you can't look at it objectively if you can't admit that there are some of these cases that haven't been in the same league as rape and stuff you know people do weird sure. shit um it's it's i don't know where we go from here i don't know if it's just going to keep happening until we're desensitized to it and then everybody's going to be okay with it or do we put the brakes on now and just literally start crucifying these people until we've got like norm mcdonald on the view looking like a beaten dog because he doesn't yeah. want to say anything that's going to get him in more trouble and you know what? I think I think that is kind of where we're getting to. I think we're, but we're also getting to where people are just going to use their own platforms to say whatever they want, you know, like YouTube or social media. And, you know, if people want to listen to it, they will. And if they don't, they won't. And, you know, be damned to it with everybody else. But, you know, I, I think we're also going to get to a point where, you know, in just in general, you understand that, oh, I can't use sex as a as a as a as a stick a bit to yeah. to, to allow somebody to determine whether or not their career goes forward. You know, I, th- I think, you know, there was always, you know, there was always that saying in Hollywood or, you know, somebody, oh, she, you know, she blew her way to the top or whatever. Right. And you, you would laugh and move on. And, but then nobody ever was actually like, wow, that really is a barometer in, in, in the entertainment business. Like, no, it's, it's maybe not who you know, not... it's who you blow. <laughs> like that's, that's been a thing forever. I, I think it would upset people like you who, probably aren't that interested in sucking dick maybe you are i don't know i'm just saying like not today but yeah i mean maybe on thursday if I, I don't know <laughs> uh, no that has to be a little annoying that there are definitely some jobs that got had because somebody was willing to put in the legwork you know what i'm saying sure. like and it's okay sure. and, and you know when it's it, it's that People say, oh, it's a dirty little secret that everybody knows. It's understood. Uh, it's been happening for years consensually. People are like, hey, would you like to be in the movie? Cool. I'm going to fuck you on my desk right now. Right. And then you're going to get to be in the movie. High five. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's weird now. You know, I, I want women to have equal rights and equal pay. and I, You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a normal fucking guy, and I think a lot of us are. But the problem is there are those other people that, that don't live in that world and they, they exploit women and people. And it's it's not just because what they, they do it in any business. It doesn't matter if they're fucking a, a movie producer. They could be an attorney. They could be a fucking CEO. They could be a manager at McDonald's. And they're still going to try to put their dick in somebody's mouth. That's just right. how, that's the nature of the beast, man. <laughs> it's that well, power shit. I think, I think like any social movement... The pendulum's going to swing all the way one way, and it's going to get to the, the top of its, you know, its most ridiculous, and maybe we're getting there because, you know. I don't know. You, you want to you persecute 
the people who did something wrong you want to persecute the people who were allowing it who knew about it fine but when you have somebody out there just like a norm mcdonald just kind of commentating on things and just saying his opinion on how he feels and he's a comedian who that's the job and sometimes jokes hit and sometimes they won't or sometimes you know your opinion will be like-minded with others and sometimes it won't but to, to say like Oh, he said something that I don't agree with, and so now he shouldn't be able to go on the Tonight Show or, or whatever the consequence was. Like that's getting that's that's going too far. The pendulum's swinging a little too far out. But it's I think it's almost got to do that before it can reset itself and come back to middle where we we can all say, all right, listen, you shouldn't pull your dick out in a room with somebody without their consent, and you shouldn't use sex as a tool for advancing people's careers but you can also be a, a comedian or a social commentator and say uh what you feel right. and what you, what you think about a situation without the entire universe coming down and you going you won't work anymore because you don't agree with me or because you said something ridiculous about that because that's i mean you know i, I, and, I and i'm definitely not one of those people that just always screams about the first amendment but it, you know, it is. We sh we need to be able to say what we think, and whether it's wrong, right or wrong, and you need to have that dialogue out there. You need to be able to say something, and somebody go, "I don't agree with you," and you go, "Why?" And because of this, then other people can go, "Well, I agree with him," or "I don't agree with him." Right. Like we need that as a country to continue on our successful path that we've had for the two hundred plus years. You need to be able to have that dialogue, and the minute the minute we start saying, "Well, you can't say that," that's when that's when I get scared. Because even – look, I go on Twitter all the time and there's tons of shit that I don't agree with. But I, I, I would never say people shouldn't be able to say it unless you're inciting hate or violence. Yeah, you make a, make a terrible – that guy, the director, James Gunn, the director of Guardians of the Galaxy, he tweeted out some crazy shit years ago about pedophiles. But he tw they were jokes he was making and they weren't great jokes and – People went back through his Twitter history because there are idiots out there who have time to do that. And he now lost his job as director of Guardians of the Galaxy. He lost millions and millions of dollars because he tweeted out some bad jokes. And they were intended to be jokes years ago. Right. And he even acknowledged. He's like, yeah, they were bad jokes. I, sh you know, you know, I shouldn't have made them. And, then and now, say, now well, whether they were bad jokes because they weren't funny or were they bad jokes because they were about kids, I, I you know, whatever. But – you know, for 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 people to now be able to go back through your entire history of you know of existence and say, well, he said something in 1986 that was bad. He shouldn't be able to have his job. It's like, wow, that's <laughs> that's getting crazy. It, it's strange with James Gunn because look, I'll, I'll say this: I read the tweets. A couple of them were kind of funny, if I'm being completely honest. But I think people would say, well, he's not a comedian, and maybe that's true. Um, I believe that with social media, there there's a little bit of responsibility on both sides, okay? You can say whatever the fuck you want to say, but you have to understand that the internet is forever. It's not going anywhere. Right. Even if you delete it, it's not going anywhere. It's somewhere in a bank somewhere. So I guess I don't want people to lose their jobs, but you have to be responsible for what you fucking say, man. Stand by it. And that's what kills me more than anything is people that have to apologize. Right. Because, I mean, fuck, what, you're not going to work if you don't. But at the same time, I, I respect other people who just don't. They're like, I don't fucking care. I said what I said in a minute. 
Right. What do you want me to do? <laughs> your brand. You know, if you are an Andrew Dice Clay, who's just always been saying what he says, but he's also doing it as a character. Right. So it's I, he's kind of got that shield to hide behind. Like, you know, if you ever wanted to come out and be like, that wasn't me. That was Dice, the Dice Man saying that, you know, that was a character saying that. But no, I don't but think he would ever do that. Do you like if if he did a show, he's got a podcast now, so we might get to see it. Um if he says some off the wall shit one day, and then you think he's gonna go the route of Alex Jones and be like, "It's a fucking character I play," like, yeah. no, it's no, you, buddy. It's you turned up would. to ten. Like, we know what the fuck is going on here. Come on. And it would be sad <laughs> if he did, because oh, wouldn't he, it break he, your heart, man, to he, see he, Dice on a fucking talk yeah. show looking yeah. all sad with his fucking gloves and just going, "I may or may not have meant." <laughs> To say he put what that I fucking one said. last time and uh, walk under the sunset. Yeah, and I don't think he he I don't think he ever would or ever has to because he's so entrenched in that character and and his his fans and you know the people who love him don't expect anything else from him. You know he could you know he could almost there's pretty much nothing he could say where people would be like no you can't you can't say that. Um, but yeah but for so for a guy like james gunn you know he, he was obviously trying to be funny back then and i think he was even making like he made some weird movies back in the day mm-hmm. and he did some weird shit where clearly that was kind of his brand back then and i don't know you know you, you just you how far how far do we dig and bring back past events and say well now by today's standards that's wrong right. so we're gonna persecute you you know, I mean, even even in in criminal law, when if you pass a new law, like you can't go back and find everybody who broke that law back in the day and say, well, it's a law now, so you you you're in trouble. Okay, like you you just don't do that. Like I think we have to set the standard today, move forward. And you know, if victims of something want to come forward, you know, of, of you know people who were you know raped or sexually assaulted, the you know the. You know, with all these these different people, you see things coming out. You know, even in uh, in football, uh, Urban Meyer. You know, he uh, he's being slammed because he knew about the actions of a of a former coach who was assaulting his wife. And you know, yeah, I think I think stuff like that people need to sort of be held accountable. But when it's just when it's when it's when it's spoken words, when it's when it's attempted entertainment that falls flat. I don't know. I don't think I don't think you can keep holding people to that. It's a guy like Norm McDonald. And if you follow Norm's Twitter account, which just is a constant stream of consciousness that is funny and thought provoking and weird and bizarre and uncomfortable, you just know that that's that's who he is. And for somebody to say, well, you, you know, you said, you know, because he defended Roseanne and and what did he defend Louie? I think was the other so thing he said. It really was is what it said, and that's the problem. Is it was a clickbait article, man. He didn't actually say anything defamatory. He he said, "Imagine what it's like to lose everything in a day," and he was basically talking about Roseanne needing to talk to Louis C.K. Like trying right, to make that right. happen. Like he's the only person that's going to understand what it's like to be under the wave. Now, granted, it's a different situation, but. You both lost it in one day, so maybe you should talk to him and see. And they said, "Well, how could you, you know, say something like that? Don't you think the the victims of this, that, and the other?" And he was like, "Well, I mean, yeah, there's victims and shit, but like, you know, somebody else lost their life, basically their livelihood in a day. Like, you know, you got to give them a moment. Like, fuck, 
That's a lot to right. take in, even if they are terrible people. Right. And so, and, and, and you know, I've seen the question is when, like, when do we forgive? When do we say, you know, okay, we can move on? Because are these are these actions lifelong indictments? And if they're not, wh- what is what is the statute of limitation? You know, when do you right. say, all right, Louie, you can come back. You've the, served your time. The problem, and, with and that, that's what that really is. The, the scary. That's the scary side of the you know the, the court of public opinion. That there is no there's no guilty until innocent until proven guilty. There's you know there's no evidentiary standard. There's just well some people said something. It sounds about right. Your career is over. This is the deal, man. And and I'm I'm gonna wrap up with this because so, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you about comedy. You fucking know way more than me. So. <laughs> Patrice O'Neill did a famous interview, and he said in the interview, comedy, good comedy and bad comedy come from the same place. Sometimes it's not going to land, but you have to be willing to accept it all to laugh at anything. That's how it goes, you know. And he said, I've heard jokes that racist fucking fucked up jokes about black people and shit. And he's like, I don't get mad. I understand that it has to be a thing for me to be able to come back and say the kind of things I say. Right. So comedy, I think, is off limits. I don't think that there should be rules on comedians, and it breaks my fucking heart to see these people now uh, that are having to you know, really watch what they fucking say, and that's you're killing them, man. What, and what I will, I will add to that by saying I wish Patrice was around today. I don't. He'd be spinning his fucking. <laughs> he would be in so much trouble. Like, yeah. but I would love man? to. I would love his take on what's going well, on. Well, I'd like to hear Carlin. I'm sure that he would rip into some of the shit that's been going on the last ten or fifteen years. You know how he was talking to people that elected Bush and Clinton. Do you know how he would speak to somebody that elected Donald Trump? Oh yeah. Well, yeah. everything that's happening is the complete is is what George Carlin always threatened could happen. Right. Now, see, I'm and not political. I don't get into it. Specifically. I'm just saying I know that there is a lot of ammunition laying around for the comics that we have today, so I can't imagine what the fucking Thesemidae fucking comedians <laughs> would have been doing with this shit right now. And it's... I don't know, man. I think... Look, you have to be accountable for what you say. And you should want to be. You should have a piece of you that wants to stand up for what you say. Mean what you fucking say. Period. But I do think that there, maybe you know you're you're an attorney, Kevin, or were you? Maybe you need to come up with a statute of limitations for <laughs> verbal comedy and and uh, such, and to the third power by the. the oh, I'm not I'm not writing that <laughs> policy. Fuck, man! I, <laughs> I'm not gonna be that guy. <laughs> I don't know. I think that there definitely should be. If it was ten years ago and you said something crazy, like, come on, man, we we all grow up, we all mature, and we learn from our mistakes. So you can make mistakes; it's part of learning. Uh, I don't think that you should be held accountable for fucking things that you say. If you're pulling your yeah. dick out in front of people, you should at least have a conversation with somebody. But yeah. if you're just talking, man, we're just talking. Like that's how we figure out life. We're all here, you know what I'm saying? Nobody really knows how to fucking do this, right? And it's also obviously a matter of intent. If a comic makes a bad joke that's, you know, reprehensible, that's, you know, people don't like, not even because it's funny because of what he's saying. Well, yeah, you know, you you might not like it, but he's a comedian and he's trying. And the, the, the goal behind it was to get a laugh, not to be offensive, not to be hurtful. Um, Sometimes people's it, shit is know, a little skew on that, though. <laughs> like your your gauge might be broken, <laughs> right? Right. But you know, and, and, but and and but then you get in, you get into you know parsing all these little hairs 
and it, it becomes it, it's scary. It's scary. I blame social media for this whole thing. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's too many devil. people are on there giving their opinion, analyzing. There's now and you know like like with James Gunn, people going through decades of what you said because it's there because the record it's everything's on the record and no, you know there's there's no getting away from your past and there's people willing to just go through everything to find that one stupid thing you said and you're going to get hung by that and it's yeah it's it's scary social media is great and it's terrifying there's people i'm sure that have developed bots and algorithms where they don't have to type like look through your shit they just go kevin israel uh vagina cunt twat bitch faggot and they just type all that shit in there and then it goes through everything you've ever typed and looks for the the keywords i'm sure that's a thing coincidentally that was the name of my band it's not bad it's a lot it's a mouthful (laughs) <laughs> uh, which is the name of my band. So that's <laughs> no. Um, it, I I really admire comedians that that stick to their guns, man. Like it's your you're fighting for freedom of speech. You really are, whether you realize it or not. Whether you're telling simple fucking jokes at a at a corporate gig or whatever, you really are kind of standing for being able to say whatever you want. That's where the admiration comes from. That's why people want to be you. Yeah, well, and I, you know what, and I, I respect. I mean, I'm like I said, I'm not. I don't. My comedy doesn't really push the, the limit, but I, I look at the comics that I know who are out there saying darker things, and you know, really, really kind of stirring the pot. And I have a lot of respect for them. My, most of my stories are just, or most of my jokes are just stories about my life and my family and my experiences, and I try to make it um, <laughs> relatable. But the the guys out there who are really looking at society to because I, I you know I had actually I worked in politics for a while so I, I stay completely away from political humor I just I don't right. I don't think it's funny I, it's not for me I don't enjoy it so but guys out there who are talking about what's going on in society and you know and really really pushing the limits because I think we need that today I, those I have nothing but the utmost respect for them because it's it's brave. Number one, it's it's they're taking a risk and they're being true to themselves. So you know, good for them. I think that the market uh, is there, unless you're Michael Richards. That dude went down like a fucking <laughs> like a just bam. Just. Well, and he's an example. I mean, he's an example. Of, you know what he said. He wasn't saying it as a joke. So he, he, I don't think that he was saying it as, as a joke, no. But there have been people that have argued to the, the point that he was trying to get a laugh. He was trying to go over the top. He just really uh, – maybe it's because he just looked kind of racist. I don't know. He looks like a guy that says that a lot. I don't know. But people really didn't dig that. Yeah. And, now, uh, if I, I, think, I think he got frustrated and he dug deep. Absolutely. He pulled, out, he pulled out the you know he pulled out the wrong tool. He's been hanging uh, out with and, the wrong fucking people, you know. Maybe yeah. <laughs> had heard a few too many folks come off hard on some black folks that day, and he was yeah. just like, "Hey, everybody hates blacks, right? Well, let's just go for this one." And right. he did. He did the double down. That was his problem. And I, I love a good double down. Um, it, it when it hits, it hits, and you'll rip the fucking roof off someplace. You know, when you say something, and somebody quit. What did you say? Da, 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 da. My daughter's yeah. half retarded. You know, it's something. Yeah. And then you go, what's that? <laughs> and then you have to respond. You weave through that shit. And boom! Oh, yeah. I've been, I, you know, I've done shows where comics have said something about making fun of, you know, handicapped kids or retarded. And uh, w- there was one show, and the... Uh, Somebody in the audience stood up 
and said, my daughter has autism or something. And the comic on stage was like, well, I hope she has a wonderful life and I'm not talking about her. <laughs> I'm not, I don't know uh, you. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, and you know, it's, it's, it, it is, it's really, a, it's really a strange time to be involved in this. And it's, it'll be interesting to say, to see how this all goes and to see which way where things end up, because um, I don't think any of us know, and we all hope that we can get back to a little bit of sanity. And while while using the movement as a a springboard for something good and for positive change, but at the same time, not turning this into a witch hunt where everybody's you know being burned in effigy. I hope so, man. I really do. The people are saying comedy's going to be dead in five years, man. It's not going to take long at all. That makes me kind of sad. <laughs> I don't think it's five years. I think the NFL will be dead before comedy is dead. Oh, well, that's going to be good because that shit ain't going anywhere. Um, <laughs> yeah, as long as they're still paying people millions of dollars, the NFL's not fucking going anywhere. That's what's funny about everybody. And I don't want to keep harping on fucking, you know, this, this shit. But it's to, is it not amusing to sit back and watch people? Like, just to see what people are capable of. And now with the social media stuff... There's so many fucking bots and, and these things that just show up and and say foul shit just to get people to respond and to get people to respond to that. Like, this is all one big fucking science experiment, man. And oh, yeah. there's some people that definitely are failing at it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and I mean, before social media, you could walk down the street, see somebody and go, I, you know, oh, I know them. I have no idea what they think, but. They always say hi to me, so they seem good, like a nice person. And now you're on social media, and you're like, "Holy shit, that's what that person thinks!" Yeah. Like, that's what's, that's what's banging around in that head of theirs. Oh man, and they have grandkids. This is gonna be yeah. tough, man. We're gonna have to start babysitting their kids. No, and they're just throwing this. Sh- uh, social media. It always amazes me because as a as a comic, and most comics are similar. Everything we post is for a reason. Right. We're either trying out material or we're promoting ourselves or we're, you know, maybe helping some other comics. But so everything, every post is for a reason. But when you see just the average, you know, Joe Public post some shit, it's amazing what people are willing to throw out there in their private lives <laughs> and just offer up. And it's like, wow, you know, like people it. who will be like, you know, these rants people go on when their boyfriend cheats on them or, they, you know, their girlfriend's been a pain in the ass and <laughs> Uh, you know, just seeing somebody take say, well, you know what? I'm pissed off, so I'm going to go throw this out in the ether to everybody, and it'll be out there forever. It makes like, me wow. so fucking happy. You used to have to go places to see it, Kev. You used to go to the mall, <laughs> you know, you go to Walmart and just hang out in the parking lot for a couple hours, and then you would get privy to these just these garbage people <laughs> that that are yeah. out walking. Now they're now they're yeah now they're all on your phone. Oh, buddy, it, it wraps me up sometimes. I don't want to say I'm addicted, but I'm pretty fucking close. Like just sitting here looking, <laughs> nothing bums me out more than presidential stuff, man. Like I just can't do it. As soon as I see a conversation that takes that turn, I'm just I get sad, and I look at the first couple comments, and I go, "Ugh, yeah. these fucking." People. Well, and it's you know what the we're so polarized right now as a country. We're so everybody's ready to throw their fucking gloves off, man. Like it's literally it's a hockey game and we got both gloves off and we're ready to fucking pull off the shirt and start wailing on somebody's fucking ass. (laughs) And the two uh, the two sides are just getting further and further apart. And you then you've got most sane people kind of in the middle who are just like, well, like, let's find some sanity here. Let's, you know. 
and P and everybody, everybody's just getting angrier and angrier. <laughs> and, you know, you have Trump out there just continually stirring the pot. And I, and I mean, I, I think he knows exactly what he's doing. He's the ultimate troll man. Like, and yeah. that's the thing I, I don't, I didn't vote. So I don't give a shit either way. I'm just saying, uh, <laughs> you have to, to admit sometimes the motherfucker is, is really good at making people react. He's really yeah. fucking good at it. And, uh, I you know what? There's, I think there's, I think he's a mix of a mess. Like, I think there's a lot of the stuff he does. He has no idea what he's doing right. and he's just throwing shit out there. And then I think other times he's like, he's giggling while he's typing, you know, while his little fingers are clicking away, writing whatever he is. And he knows exactly what he's doing. How about so this? I, he and, fucking... I, and I, there's, <laughs> I think the stuff he says on Twitter, he's very well aware of. But then with like some of the stuff you see him say in meetings, it's like, oh, he really doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> he has, you know, <laughs> you know, and and that's where you, you know it goes from entertainment to a little scary. I'll say this: the motherfucker called Kim Jong Un Rocket Man, insulted him, said yeah. some crazy shit to him on Twitter. Everybody was like, oh shit. Now I, I don't I haven't been to North Korea. I don't know what the temperatures like over there uh, politically, but I I know that currently they seem to be getting along. How crazy is that? That this guy could sit here and say something to somebody that that would normally get you probably nuked if you if you said yeah. it the wrong way, and somehow some way three five months later, you know a seventy year eighty year fucking uh, situation. Now, just we're going to try to work it out. That's fucking crazy. Well, you know, Trump, it works. Trump, Trump, <laughs> Trump dropped his diss track, and then Kim Jong Un <laughs> came back with his own diss track. You know, he called him a dotard and whatever else, and they probably laughed about it and shook hands, and you know, and and now everything's going to going to be okay. And I don't, who knows if everything is going to be okay, but. It, 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 you're right. It is crazy weird, that right just to see that it that's how the that's how the peace process proceeded. Have you? Did you ever play sports at all? Did you? Were there any sports yeah. you played at all? Like yeah. basketball, baseball, shit like that. Yep. I have to believe that there's a level of like ridicule that comes from coaches. There's a level of of like they motivate you sometimes through methods that way. But come, come on, God damn it, Kevin, get your head in the fucking game. You know, shit yeah. like that. Yeah. You couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. Fuck. You know, it's, I feel like that is definitely a motivation tool. Like for some people, that's what makes them go. And bravo, man. I'm not giving you full credit. I'm just saying something happened and I have to believe that you were involved. You showed up during yep. the, the process of whatever this, this meeting you know, they could have just handled that themselves, but you privy to that. So it's, hey, man, good job. Sometimes it takes that kind of motivation and and do it. What if Trump, if Trump motivates more people to get involved and to start going like, oh, what do I think? How do right. I feel about this country and the way things should be run? Then maybe he he's going to end up doing something good because, I, you know, we'll see. November is going to be very interesting. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's going to be really interesting to see the turnout because it's traditionally midterm elections are low turnout. Oh, yeah. Nobody shows up. How bad do you so, want it? Do <laughs> you want him right. gone? Show up. Right. So it's going to be interesting to see if the numbers jump and 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 what way they go. What where would you know, which which way is the wind blowing on in November? Um, 
But, and I think that's going to be a real barometer of how we're going. Yeah, and and what and Trump's impact. I feel you. You know what? I I kind of agree with you now. I think that that's probably going to be a good like a good point. Like to sit there and go, where are we at? (laughs) Just who's arrested? Who's okay? You know this, that, and the other. I've heard people liken Trump. Uh, He said that uh, it's like setting off a, a, a fog machine in your attic, a smoke bomb. It shows you where all the holes are. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you get in there and you're like, fuck. I got white smoke leaking out of all of these spots in my attic. I got to patch up these fucking holes. And I mean, like it or not, like you said, a lot more people are involved. A lot more people. Some of them need to shut up, but it's nice that you at least took the time to read something that you probably wouldn't have uh, any right. other way. You did just- and people and people with people who have are different minded from Trump and Trump supporters are also going to want to get involved. Right. And then say, all right, I don't I don't like the way things are going in this country. Um, and, you know, and I, I think a lot of people are supporting Trump for reasons that have nothing to do with anything Trump's ever said or done. Right. They just decided they've they've latched themselves to that, you know, to that horse. And that's the way they're going. So, they, you know, uh, I saw some I saw an interview with, you know, I don't remember where they were at a Trump rally or something. And somebody said, you know, why are you a Trump supporter? And they said, well. You know, he's a self-made man. He he pulled himself up from his bootstraps. Right. No, he's not. Not at all. No. <laughs> but that's what you want to believe, and that's the that's you know that's the narrative. You like I don't think Trump has ever said like that he made himself. He's he's talked about that he's made a lot of money, but he never said he did it without help. Right. Uh, but other people, but there's you know the supporters want to think, oh, he's a self-made man. He's you know, so that's what they're out there saying. He had a little bit of help. <laughs> I'm just yeah. come on now, like yeah. let's don't fucking. We all know what's going on here. Uh, right. The motherfucker had a, a hand up, a lot more than than we had. So, I've always heard it's easy to make money when you got money. It just kind of is what it is. Uh, First million is the hardest, I hear. <laughs> you know, one thing that kind of blew me away about the the totals with the votes, and this is like I said, just from the outside looking in. What was it like? Twenty something million to 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 twenty around that nineteen million. I don't remember exactly what it was but yeah. i feel like it was something like that like 60 million people in that between donald trump and hillary yeah. and then you find out there's 300 plus million people in the united states and you're like huh there's really not that many people that even show up for these things huh <laughs> at the end of the day what do you think about it i mean i don't know what the percentage of it obviously we're talking about children and and all kinds of, probably a lot of prisoners people that don't get to vote shit like that there's a lot of numbers that just don't add up for me with that for me to even really believe in it anymore it's you know yep what do you want me to say i i these people don't affect me i see them on twitter or on the news but they don't sign my checks they don't you know i don't think about that shit i just get up and do my shit and hope that nothing gets burnt down in the city while i'm trying to work (laughs) yeah people getting pissed off and you know, and people should people do need to get more involved, and they do. There needs to be, you know, there needs to be a, a you know, a, we can we can only complain if we do something. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're not going to get involved, and if you're not going to take a stand, and you're not going to take a, a, a side, then you know, no, I don't even want to say take a side because I, I I hate that that's what this has become. It's become a, we've become a country of finger pointers. Pretty well. But, if you believe in something, then you get then get involved. Then the least you can do is vote. Yeah. And, um, 
And if you're not going to do that, you know, and, uh, you know, the, I think the turnout for this last election was pretty high. But the funny thing is when you look at the, the like the midterm elections that we're going to into or state elections for your, you know, your state legislature, that's those are the elections that really affect you. Those right. are the people who are really deciding where your tax money goes and and who's, who's doing, you know, what the what laws affect you directly. The president, the decisions the president makes are so far removed from your daily life. That you know, it, 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 at that point, it's just a popularity contest. But the the elections that really matter, nobody turns out for. Right. And those are the ones where you know people say, "Well, I don't, you know, I don't like, I don't know where my tax dollars are going." Well, did you did you vote did for you your governor? Fuckface. Did you even yeah. look into it? Yeah. Right. It's so yeah, I mean, we're you know, and I I think we're going to get more involved. And I I I have a feeling vote by phone is coming soon. It would make uh, it so much easier. Vote by phone or by the internet, you know, something you can log into with your social security number and do it. That would open it up for a lot of people, I think. Yeah, I th- and I, I, I think that's coming. I think, that. you know, there's a lot of security concerns and concerns with hacking. But I would imagine, you know, if I can do all my banking on my phone, which is, you know, the, the most private, most important thing to anybody, right. the worst money is, I, you could probably get a secure voting system. Hey, we can try because apparently your shit doesn't work. It gets fucked with too. So why don't we just try something different? <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, I'll be honest with you, dude. Um, um, I got, I got arrested when I was like 19 and I lost my right to vote and some other stuff. And it's actually caused me to, I had to reinstate my rights. You know, I want to do it. I want to be able to, to get my opinion in there and, and yeah. look into stuff and see what's up. And I think that's really, at the end of the day, if we don't take anything away from these fuck faces, um, at least you're going to know that if you want to know, find out. Get your ass in there and get your hands dirty. Have something to say. Go vote. Yep. Be a part yep. of it. And, and you, you know what? And, and, if nothing else, get informed. Right. The people out there who are just posting on social media and saying, you know, saying nonsense that doesn't make sense. Or they'll, you know, somebody will share a link, and they'll po- and then someone else will reshare that, and they'll never even click on it to say, oh, is this from, you know, is this from someone who should be quoted? Is this, you know, people are just, we're so lazy. Oh, I do we that see too. Somebody, we see something we want to say, <laughs> and we so we just throw it out there. Oh man, I'm bad. Click on it to realize, oh, this is, you know, this is from, you know, one of those clickbait sites, or this is from, you know, there's there's absolutely nothing verifiable in this. But ah, I'm gonna throw it out there. Fuck it. I have friends, uh, one in particular, and he likes to get my ass when I do that. And I don't do it all the time. It's just sometimes I'm in a hurry and I'll see something and I'm like, oh, that's pretty crazy. And I'll just hit it back. And he goes, dipshit, did you read that article? And I go, no. (laughs) And he goes, yeah, it's complete shit. He said it's a clickbait article. And I mean, do what you want to do, but don't you fucking, don't you besmirch the name of Patrick Swayze like that in my presence, (laughs) motherfucker. And I'm like, all right, sorry, Mike. (laughs) <laughs> so, uh, I've, 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 you know, I've I've been guilty of it too, where I shared something <laughs> once or twice, and somebody goes, "Yeah, that's not real," or "That's, yeah, yeah that's from 2009." Dude, um, it, it's, um, and you're like, ah, <laughs> you just reminded me. It's funny when older folks like come across these things. It's it's a little scary, but you just have to kind of pat them on the head and go, "Hey, it's you're okay. Don't worry." I came right. into work one day, and this guy was on the computer, and he goes. Hey, man, did you hear they found some bodies up at Hillary Clinton's farm? And I go, what? <laughs> he was like, yeah, man, goddamn FBI uh, went up to, to the Clinton farm in North Arkansas, and they found two bodies in barrels in the thing. And I'm like, okay. I haven't heard anything about that all day. <laughs> he was like, 
That sounds yeah, I mean, like it'd be a pretty big deal. Right, and that's what I said. I don't know. I bet I, I would have heard about that. So I just said Hillary Clinton, you know, Google search, bodies, barrels or something. And it was immediately, it was Snopes. It was like, no, yeah. never happened. And he was right. like, oh. Right. And well, then people will say, but then, you know, if you ever point that out, people go, well, Snopes was proven that they don't always get everything right. And Kevin, people, right. he looked me in my fucking eye. He was dead serious. He goes, yeah, this fucking bitch apparently stuffed some people in some barrels. And I go, okay. Really? <laughs> and I had to look it up. Yeah, so, so you've got people out there running around with this, you know, this these, these, these completely fake stories. Right. Uh, and they're, you know, they spread them. And, it, and I mean, it happens at all levels. You know, you see, you see celebrities being like, I didn't die. There are stories out there about you know, <laughs> random celebrities dying and then they have to come out and go, nope, I'm still alive. I don't know how that got started. But you've got people out there just running around going, oh, this is juicy. I want to be, you know, I want to share this. I want to be involved in this narrative. And it's like, well, all right, fine. And I get that. And everybody's always wanted to be the first one to break a story. But at the same time, just read the article for a sec. Just do Google, yeah, like you did. Just Google a couple of words and see, you know, if if people if there were bodies found in Hillary Clinton's farm, that would everybody would have been talking about that. Right. This would be the fr- four o'clock p.m. <laughs> wouldn't be when I'm hearing about this for the first. We time. live in a very difficult time. Like back in the day, the government could do things, and you know, yeah, you, know, uh, you know, whatever secret stuff they wanted to do, and nobody would know about it. It's got to be so hard for them now because with social media and everybody's got a camera on their phone, how do you get away with anything without somebody finding out and somebody knowing? I'm with your logic on that, but I also kind of think that there was definitely some shit that went on before there were cameras in every in every hand. Uh. <laughs> no, I 100% think there was. Bro. There was definitely, you know, there was definitely cover-ups and secrets and and I for me as I, you know, there's some stuff that I don't want to know. <laughs> like I <laughs> I, I sometimes ignorance is a, is a little bit of bliss. Right. But but now, if you, <laughs> I, f- I feel bad for people in the CIA or somebody trying to keep something under wraps. I don't know how you do it. You probably don't get to have social media. I bet. I bet if yeah. you're in the fucking oh, yeah. FBI, you don't get to have uh, a Twitter. You just nope, can't do that. <laughs> Somebody could track your phone and know you fucking work here, and then hold you hostage and get all the secrets. Uh, exactly. I'm terrible at keeping secrets, Kevin. <laughs> I want to tell everybody. Fuck, don't ever, don't ever tell me a secret because I'm telling everybody immediately. Well, you do, you do this, and I do comedy, and we love talking, so it, it's it's hard. I don't know. It, I this has been like a, a really fun thing, like getting to meet uh, new people from all over. Um, I, I seem to have stuck more to comics. You guys are a lot easier to talk to, and you don't really. Um, I know most comics don't like promoting themselves, but you come on here and you just talk for a little bit. You make a couple jokes. You're promoting yourself. You don't have to actually get it down and beg people to come to shows. Right. Um, and if I can do anything to help, you know, what little bit of following that I have, I love turning them on to new comics and, and new people to listen to and check out. And it's, it's, I really enjoy that. And I get to make new friends. These are, these are all my imaginary friends now, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're friends now. It's it's really strange. Um, I don't get a lot of human interaction, and I used to get it all the time with some of the other jobs I've had. And so, this is my way of actually venting and getting to speak to people other than my wife. And I really do enjoy that. Hey, man, whatever it takes. <laughs> right. 
Well, hey, um, I did have another question. You know, I asked earlier. Um, just I, I like to try to to get in there with my comic uh, interview stuff. And so, have you? Do you remember like the first time that you did a set and say like you knew that you were going to do it for the next sixteen years? Do you have a story like that? Like a a show you did or somebody you worked with or something where you were just like. Yeah, I'm here now. Like this is this is gonna be my thing. <laughs> I don't I don't think there was a specific moment where I was like, wow, this um this is just gonna be something I keep doing. But definitely, like I said, definitely that first time I got up at Rascals in '01 or '02, whenever it was, um, I just knew that was it was something that I had to do again. And each time I did it, and every time you do it, almost you know you get up and you and when when everything works and it's and it's a great feeling, you you just go, all right, I got I I, I got to do this again. Yeah, I got to do it one time. I mean, I've I've never been addicted to drugs, but I would imagine it's something similar, because as soon as as soon as you get off stage and you had a great set, you're like, oh, I need to do that again right now. Uh, uh, I, I have been addicted to drugs, and it is it is the same. <laughs> yeah. All right, good. So I, I, uh, I can, yeah, it's, can it's verify that now. No. Um, and yeah, so it's there was never you know, and I, I think it's tough. I think most comics would say, you know, there, there was probably never one moment where they were like, oh, this is going to be my life. Because a lot of comics have self-confidence issues. And they're like, oh, I'm probably never, this is never going to happen again. Yeah. Um, but I didn't it, know if it, there was like somebody you opened for or like your first headline gig. Just something that, that happened that you were just like, man, this is, I'm going to do this. No, you know why? Because the, the, the business is really good at beating you down. That's true. It keeps you in check, right? <laughs> <laughs> the audiences can be great, and then the business will be like, "Nah, don't get ahead of yourself." <laughs> yeah. Hey, we got you a spot in the back of a seafood restaurant in North right. Arkansas, uh, and it only pays half what you. Hey, that sounds get. great. Who's booking that? Yeah, I'll get your it. ass in there. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real spot. I was talking to somebody the other day. Um, I have a few people that I enjoy. One of them is Bert Kreischer, and yeah. uh, he said something to me. A friend of mine. We were talking, and he said, "Yeah, it'd be cool to get like I, I like to see him." And I go, "He's." never coming back here <laughs> said the last time he did uh was with doug stanhope and it was probably three four years ago and it was a, a seafood bar in northern arkansas like around where the uh the it's you know walmart's from here so it's it's from up around that part of town where the corporates and shit is yeah. uh and it was i think it's called mermaids but it's like it's a, a seafood restaurant with a stage and a bar and he clowned it so hard. He was just like, I don't know where the fuck I'm at. You know, I'm in the middle of nowhere, Arkansas, in a goddamn seafood restaurant. And he's like, now listen, I've performed in some bullshit places. I'm not saying it was bad, but fuck, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's yeah. That's always the easy go-to. <laughs> I guess I can only imagine. You know, like you're saying, it keeps you humble. Like here you are. You've been on TV for years. You have shows. You're Doug. How about you're Doug fucking Stanhope? Okay. I know you've played these before, but you've probably gotten a little, you know, used to <laughs> fucking at least having I don't know a stage to stand on. You know, when you're doing your your, your stuff. And then you show up at this place in Arkansas, and you're just like, "What the fuck? <laughs> what is going on here? Like, where? What?" <laughs> yeah, you probably wouldn't yeah. even burn the material. You would just stand there and clown on people for a fucking hour. Just be like, right. "I can't believe you motherfuckers paid money to come here and eat crab legs and listen to me tell jokes. What the fuck are we doing here?" <laughs> <laughs> but meanwhile, comics at my level are like, "Yeah, give me those crab legs." 
I'll do it. Dude, can I get some something to take home? Yeah, yeah. fuck yeah. <laughs> no, man, and it's we have we have a loony bin here. Um, I know there's a few of those. They're like a Midwest chain. Uh, yep. You know. So yeah, man, that'd be cool. I know that uh, you you get out and about. So uh, if you ever make your way down here, motherfucker, let me know. Uh, I'd love to you know, see I'll, you. Perform. You know, you'll be the first I hit up because you'll be the only person I know in Arkansas. Well, that's cool. I'll show you a good time. I'll keep you out of trouble. <laughs> we got we got some places around here you don't want to be fucking around. <laughs> I'll need I'll need somebody to show me the good spots from the bad spots. Absolutely. Well, dude, we've been talking for a minute, and uh, you know I don't want to keep you. I, I do appreciate you coming and hanging out with me. Um, yeah. would, is there anything you'd like to plug? Is there anything you got going on right now? Dates, you know, your social um, media. Let's. The most relevant thing I can plug to your audience is uh, you can check out my album. It's uh, called "The Struggle Is Real." It's on iTunes. It's also on. Uh, it's on Spotify. I think it's on Pandora, and they're playing clips of it on Sirius XM Radio. Um, but buy the album. Go to iTunes. Buy the album, and uh, and and just keep supporting live comedy. Don't let this uh, don't let this die. No, oh, that would be a tragedy, man, and I don't want to see that happen. So that's what I'm going to do, even if it's telling motherfuckers to go buy albums and listen. Do that there shit. You. Keep it alive, man. <laughs> don't don't take this shit away from us. <laughs> Absolutely, it's beautiful. Well, hey, uh, what is um, what's your social media stuff in case anybody wants to contact you? You know, maybe you'll get booked down here. Yeah, yeah. You, you can find here. me on uh, Twitter at Kevin Israel underscore NJ. Uh, on Instagram, I'm Kevin Israel Comedy, um, and my website is kevinisrael.com. Wonderful. Well, Kev, you have a wonderful day, and uh, I'm going to get this wrapped up. It's been a pleasure getting to meet you, buddy. And uh, if you ever want to come back, holler me. We'll talk about some shit. Definitely will. Definitely will. Stay in touch. Absolutely, man. Have a good one. You too. Bye. So there we go. Kevin Israel. That was a lot of fun, man. I like people like him who have been doing it for like 16 fucking years. That's a long time. God damn. I've spoken to people like Benny and S. Anthony Thomas and... These motherfuckers that are just... I can't imagine doing something for 10 years. I mean, I'm only 30 now, so that would be kind of a weird thing. The only thing I've done for that long is, like, smoking cigarettes and jerking off. Like, <laughs> doing something for 10 years is crazy. And then you think you get further into it, like Steve McGrew, people that have been doing it, you know, most of their life and stuff. It's That's really crazy. But I hope that we can find balance. I hope that we can ride the ship and and we don't lose our beloved stand-up comedy because uh, it really means a lot to some people. Anyway, guys, thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. I want to take a moment just for anybody that might hear this and try to share a little bit of love. I would like to say uh, my guest from last week, Doug, um, unfortunately has kind of been really fucked over by this whole Hurricane Florence stuff. Apparently he found out yesterday that uh, his house is underwater and, you know, still a raging river. (laughs) And, you know, that really fucking sucks, man. Had a couple incidents where, you know, like the the fire. You lose all that stuff. 90% of your possessions, pictures, you know, everything. It's... I can't imagine, man. It it sucks. And so we're trying to, to help the boy out a little bit. I'm trying to promote a GoFundMe to get some money for Doug. You know, it's not going to fix it. I'm sure there are, are things that 
will be lost that can't be replaced. But the important thing is, is they got out. They didn't stick it out like fucking idiots and and get drowned at the same time. So I'm going to be sharing the shit out of that link. You guys, if you would share it for me, it's the least you could do is share it for me. Just tell somebody. And if you get inspired and you want to throw some hashtags and shit on there and, and make a copy and do another post, do that. You know, I've seen these fucking GoFundMes blow up and you know, this guy has nothing now. He's homeless. <laughs> so I really, really would like to uh, to help promote that. And uh, to do so, I spoke to Shiloh. And we have merch. And so at least for this month, which I know it's probably not a lot, Doug. So fuck you. I'm not trying to grandstand. I'm just saying it adds up. So anybody else that might be hearing this, if you buy any merch from me at wehavemerch.com this month, all of my proceeds will go directly to the GoFundMe for Doug. Now, it's only a couple bucks, but I literally don't have any extra money to give. So I'm going to try to promote and, and get a few bucks that way just to, to, to help. And I hope that you would, too. We have merch.com, motherfucker. Uh, also, we're sponsored by Spunk Lube. I really enjoy that stuff, man. Uh, I had a, a session the other night was wonderful it's just it's it's durable it's slippery and uh, it just makes everything a little better so if you haven't tried fucking with lube which uh, apparently some people haven't uh, get you some man give her a shot let her rip and uh, you might find uh, a new pastime <laughs> a new product to add to your shelf they've got all kinds of options they have the original hybrid that looks like jizz it's slippery it's great they have pure silicone they have a coconut and avocado based organic version if you don't want to get into all the distillates and all that bullshit so either way you slice it if you want to get your fuck on they got some lube for you spunk lube guys i appreciate it and uh Shout out to all you other motherfuckers. You know, I'm not going to go through and, and name everybody. There's too many. But I love you guys. It's like one big happy family. And I think that, you know, we all kind of push each other to do better. And I appreciate that. I'm going to keep doing my part for it. So, you know, check out the links. Like, subscribe. Tell your friends. Tell your mama. Tell your friends mama about the show. I'm at JodyB501 at Pod on Twitter. You motherfuckers have a wonderful week.
You got hooked on oxycodone. They shut the lights off. They took the car in. I bought a sawdust.